I want to preach a message to you today called No Other Gods, No Other Gods, and, and today we're going to talk about finances, and I know sometimes when we talk about finances, people think, why did I come? Why am I here? You know, but God wanted you here. You're not here by accident. God intended that you be here because this is an extremely important area. In fact, this is so important. Do you know that Jesus, when he taught, he talked more about money than he did anything else but love because he knew that this was going to be an important area in people's lives, a very important area. And so I want to talk to you about that because the moment we get saved, we give our lives to Christ, here's one of the challenges that comes in. He wants control over our life. He wants control over every area of our life. It's not enough to say, okay, God, I'll give you Sundays, but Monday through Saturday, man, that's all mine. I mean, you know, that doesn't work with God. God wants it all. He, he wants to be first. And so he wants to take over every area of our life. And, and one of the areas that people really battle with, and, and it just takes center stage in many people's life, is the area of finances. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about why God wants control over our finances. It, it's not so that he can take from us. It's really so that he can give to us, all right? So let's talk about that today. Leviticus chapter 27. Verse number 30 says that the tithe, now that word tithe means a tenth, that the tithe is holy. It belongs to God. It's to be separated. And so that first 10% of our income, the Bible says, is holy. Now, how many of you know if it was holy in the Old Testament, it's still holy today, right? Still holy today. So the tithe is holy. So I'm talking about something today that, that God considers holy, right? I want to read from Malachi. So Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, and I want to read from Malachi chapter 3, and we're just going to start in verse number 10, and it says this, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now, when God is speaking through the prophet, here's what we need to know about these verses, is that he's talking to people who worked the ground. He's talking to farmers. So when he uses a phrase... That, that says, I'll open up the windows of heaven, they clearly understood that he's talking about rain. The windows of heaven, open windows, open heaven represents rain. So God says, here's what I'm going to do when you bring the tithe in. I'm going to cause rain to fall on your farmland. That rain is going to produce a crop. The crop is going to be so abundant, so big, that the barns that you have now are not big enough to receive it. You're going to need bigger barns. So that's what God is saying. So God is saying, hey, I want to bless you. I, I want to pour out abundance for you. I want promotion, and I want increase. I want to get things to you. But you have to be faithful in this particular area. It's called the area of the tithe, the area of the tithe. And, and I remember a pastor talking about these verses, and he said something I thought was so good. He said, he said that him and God were having this conversation 
right? And the conversation was, hey, God, why did you put those verses there? Like in the Old Testament, because really they only missed the New Testament by a few verses, right? It's just 13 verses away from being in the book of Matthew. And God, if you'd have just put it in the book of Matthew, then people probably wouldn't have such a hard time receiving it and believing that, that it's for today. So if you just, listen, I started to think this week, if he would have just put it in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit who bring all the tithe into the storehouse, right? It would have been so much easier to teach on tithing. Because I know the minute I mentioned tithing, people just, walls go up. And if he had just said, hey, listen, let's put it right next to the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And bring all the tithe into the storehouse. It would have been so much easier, right, to receive this teaching on tithing. And he said this, that God spoke to him and said, I put it right where I wanted it. I wanted it right there. Because it's not something that, that, that we can receive easily. It's not something that always makes sense. And, and it defies logic and it defies math. How you can give away and receive more. But it's a hard issue. That's why God put it where he put it. It's a hard issue. And so let's talk about the, the fact that what tithing does. Here's what tithing does. Tithing causes us to lose control. And that's why so many people have a problem. That's why so many people struggle with it, because ultimately we lose control. And how many of you know it's not easy to not be in control? We want control. I know I do. I want control over everything. I want control over, you know, I, I don't like being a passenger. I like being the driver. Do I have anybody that's just like that, you know? Don't put me in the back seat, side seat. I want control. I want the steering wheel. That's just me, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't like it any other way. I like control. I like to say where, when, how. I like all of it, right? And here's what tithing does. Tithing causes us to lose control. It causes us to, to loosen our grip. And the first way is this, is that we lose control over when. We lose control over when, right? Because Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and the first, the first fruits of all of your increase. See, it doesn't take faith to pay all your bills first and then give God something left over. It takes faith to give God the first. And God always requires faith from us. He doesn't ever let us give when, when there's no faith attached to it. So, so he says, you give to me first because that's what requires faith. So the tithe comes first. So we lose control over when. And the second area we lose control in is we lose control over where. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, we just read it. It says, bring all your tithe where? Into the storehouse. The storehouse. The storehouse is where you're fed. It's where you're fed. That means it's where you go to receive. For us, it's the local church. For me, it's here at Grace Chapel. If you're part of this church, this is where your tithe goes because this is where you are. And so this is where you get fed. So, so we lose control over where? We lose control over where? And then here's the big one. You ready for this one? Some of y'all already figured it out. Number three is we lose control over how much. We lose control over how much. 
And that's, that's, the, that's the real difficulty that, that people struggle with, right? In Genesis chapter 28, verse 22, Jacob says to God, he says, of all that you bless me with, of all that you give me, I will give back to you a tenth or a tithe. So God sets the amount. We don't set the amount. We don't haggle over how much to give. We don't have to pray about it. God set the amount, and the amount is 10%. It's a tithe. Okay, I'm going to give that first. I'm going to give it to the storehouse, to where I'm fed, and I'm, this, is what I'm, this is exactly how much I'm going to give. And, and it's in those three areas that we struggle with because we want, to, we want to give when we want to give, we want to give where we want to give, and we want to give how much we want to give. And we don't want anybody telling us any different. And so that's where our struggle comes in. But God says, listen, if I'm going to be God, if I'm going to be God to you, if I'm going to be in control, then I get to say. I get to say so over when. I get to say so over where. I get to say so over how much. You see? And so that's what, that's what turning control over is. Yesterday I had the privilege of going down to Fort Lauderdale, and I spent a little time with my son. He's in Bible college in Fort Lauderdale, and um, I see all of his finances because I am his finances. You know what I'm saying? It's like he doesn't work. Every Wednesday, I put money in his account that he spends, so I see what he spends, and I notice there's these withdrawals, these deductions, because he's tithing. Every week, every week he tithes to the church in Fort Lauderdale. That's his storehouse. That's where he's fed. And every week there's a tithe that comes out. I didn't tell him to do it. I didn't force him to do it. You know, I, I don't talk to him about it. It's just something that my wife and I have always done. My parents tithe on a regular basis to their local church. My wife and I, we have always tithed to all local church. And our kids now, my son, my daughter's got a part-time job. She's tithing. We're, we're passing it on to another generation. And, and as I drove away from, from having lunch with him, I thought to myself, you know what? It really doesn't matter what profession he picks as far as his, the economy of it. I, I'm not concerned. I'm, I'm not really worried about, about his finances because I know this. Regardless of what profession he picks, whether it's a high-paying job or lower-paying job, I know this. If he tithes continually, God's going to bless him. God's going to bless him. God's going to take care of my kids Right? Not because of me necessarily or, or my parents. I mean, I do believe there's some residual blessing that goes, but God's going to take care of them because they have taken it upon themselves in this particular area to give God control of their finances. I want you to check out this quick two-minute video of a couple that, that this is something that they got a revelation of. Just check this, check this out this morning. So my wife and I have been married for nine years. We have four kids. We had a lot of disagreements about finances and where our money should go. Our finances were really tight because of the fact that we were just not planning well. A lot of times it was just a completely stressful situation of knowing that we're living paycheck to paycheck and we are struggling to make ends meet. We would usually try and pay all of our bills down first and then 
whatever was left, it's like we might tie it. We never really felt like we had the money to do it. So then we took that Dave Ramsey's class, and one of the things that he talks about is, you know, people say that a lot is I've paid all my bills, and then at the bottom there's no money left to tithe. And I love his statement where he says, well, you have your budget upside down. You tithe first, then you start with your bills. That really opened our eyes that God wants you to give the first of your fruits, and he tells you to test him on it. My wife and I were debating, uh, should we go ahead and just start giving the full amount of, of 10% of our income? And we were really nervous about it. I, we, we put it on a budget and we saw that it was going to be negative. On paper, it, it wasn't going to work. We prayed about it and we just took that leap of faith and we decided to do it and just trust God. There were times where we were really close to not being able to pay a bill. No matter what the situation was, God always sent the money somehow. A few months later, I got a promotion at work which came with a sizable salary increase. It was completely unexpected. We adjusted our tithe to match that salary increase. We knew that we were putting God first in our finances and every first bit of our finances was going to God, and that ultimately took the money fight out of it. You know, one of the things he says is, he said Dave Ramsey teaches that you had the, you had the budget upside down, that God comes first, right, and then everything else begins to line up. And, and I think that's so important for us to know when we turn control over to God, right, we turn control over to him, that he has the final say-so in those important areas. He has the final say-so over, over when, where, and how much, that ultimately he's not going to leave us stranded. God's not going to go, well, now that I've got control, you're going to suffer. No, he's a God that when he takes over, he's a God that blesses, makes sure there's more than enough. Enough, things just work out. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense on paper. And you heard even him say, hey, it didn't, it didn't make sense on paper. In fact, they were in the negative on paper, but they did it in faith, right? Because God requires faith, and they watched how things just turned around. There's a freedom that comes from tithing. When I talk to people who tithe on a consistent basis, I'll tell you this, I'll talk to them, and they'll be, they'll be at the point where they say, we would never dream of not tithing. You can't talk me out of it. If you didn't take up an offering, I'd have to find a way to give somehow because I'm going to tithe, right? I mean, there's people that they've caught such a revelation in this area. It's, it's liberating. It's freedom, right? That knowing that, hey, God, you're the, you're the Lord of my finances. You have control over every area of my life. Not just the decisions of, of where I work and where I live and how I, I conduct myself and my behavior, but also my finances, God. There's a freedom that comes from it. And here's how. I just want to give you three quick things of how tithing really brings freedom to our life because I I believe there is a a, a freedom that comes from it. And the first one is this, is is tithing recognizes the God that we serve, not the God who serves us, right? It's the God that we serve, the God that we serve, not the God who, who serves us. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is telling this story, and he starts off by saying, there was this master, and here's what he did. He called his servants together, and he delivered to him his goods. In other words, there's a master, 
The master calls his servants and gives to the servants his money. And in the story, you have to know God is the master, we are the servants, and the money is God's. The money's God's. Everything we have comes from God. We get it by the strength that God gives us, by the wisdom that God gives us, by the connections that God gives us, by the promotion that God gives us. Everything we have comes from God. He's the master. He's the owner. Watch this. We're just managers. I'm just managing. I just manage finances. I just manage finances. God owns them. He owns everything. He owns my house, my car. He owns it all. It's all God's, right? I'm just a steward over it. See, there's a difference, right? See, we tip those who serve us, but we tithe to the God that we serve. You know, when you go to a restaurant and they bring you the bill back and they say, now they put on their suggested tips, right? 15%, 18%, 20%. I've seen them go higher. I thought, higher, hello. But but you know, you're kind of, you're, you're wrestling with it, and you're going, okay, well, was the service good? Did they, did they fill up the drinks? Did, did, were they attentive? Was the food good? And you go, okay, let's give 20%. In fact, let's do this. Let's give 20%. Let's give higher than 20%, and let's leave an invite card. We've got an invite card to Grace Chapel. We're going to leave an invite card to Grace Chapel. Come on now. Amen. So we're going to leave that with a big tip, right? Because we determined that. We determined that's a tip. But a tithe goes to the one that we serve. He determines when. He determines where. He determines how much, right? So that, that's what you need to know. The second thing is this. Tithing bonds our hearts to God's house. Tithing bonds our heart to God's house. Because Jesus taught this. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. See, sometimes we quote that verse or we think about that verse and we get it completely backwards. We say, well, where your heart is, your treasure is. No, no, no. Where your treasure is, your heart is. If you don't believe me, just go buy stock in Apple and when you go to pick out a phone, you're not going to buy an Android, which you shouldn't buy anyway. Come on, somebody. Anybody out there? Anybody? (laughs) I hear some boos coming, but anyway... (laughs) You're going to buy an iPhone or an iPad or a MacBook. I mean, that's what you're going to do. Why? Because you've got money in Apple. Your treasure's there, so guess what? Your heart is going to be there. And the third thing you need to know is this. Tithing allows us to keep the commandments written on our hearts. Because God never intended. He never intended that the commandments, the Ten Commandments, He never intended that they be written on a tablet or that they be written on on, on a piece of paper and put on a wall. What God intended with the Ten Commandments is that they be written on our hearts. And the first commandment says this. It's in Exodus chapter 20. It says this. You'll have no other gods before me. you have no other gods before me. And here's the challenge with tithing. You ready? Here's the challenge with tithing. The challenge with tithing is not that money controls us. It's that we control it. And when that happens, ultimately we'd establish the kingdom of self. Because let me tell you, money doesn't control anybody. I've never had money control me. 
I've never walked down the street and a dollar bill jump out and twist my arm and force me to buy anything. It never has. Do you know, do you know what controls me sometimes? Self. Selfish thoughts, my own will, my own ambition, what I want, where I want to go for vacation, where, how I want a vacation, what car I want to drive, what house I want to live in. It's all about self. That's, that's the danger of me being in total control over my money. But when I turn control over to God, the kingdom of self begins to be destroyed in my life, right? And I begin to establish God's kingdom in my life. I've asked somebody to come share their testimony today. Scott and Susan Kaczmarek have been coming to our church for years and years, and there's a microphone there. And Scott, Scott's going to come, and he's just going to share his testimony on the revelation that he got years ago with tithing. Would you welcome Scott as he comes this morning and shares his testimony? Good morning. Good morning. I thought I was coming up here to give my Chile Award acceptance speech. <laughs> But since that didn't work out, um, I guess I can share with you a little bit about tithing. Um, tithing is a, uh, is a subject, as uh, Pastor said, that is, that is very dear to my heart because uh, I, I am now one of those, my wife and I are one of those, where I couldn't imagine not tithing. And I'll tell you, for me, it wasn't always that way. So I grew up in a, in a church that the link between God and money wasn't there. There was a disconnect there. And I'm not going to you know, call out denominations or anything like that, but when I was attending St. Paul's Catholic Church growing up, <laughs> and the basket came by, my father would reach into his pocket and pull out a five or a dollar and put that in the basket and then he would give my brother maybe a dime me a quarter and, and we put that in the basket and and that was the extent of the association that I had between God and money and that's just how I grew up right and I think a lot of people have that same disassociation between God and money but you know, let's fast forward here, and I was saved in uh, 99, and met my wife in 2000. I was living in New York City, she was living in Atlanta, and we met in North Carolina, so that all makes sense, right? So, we, we determined we were going to get married, and um, I said, how about New York? She said, no, and so I said, okay, I'm moving to Atlanta, and so I, I moved to Atlanta, um, and I began going to the church that she attended. My, my wife uh, was born and raised in the church, so she knew what tithing was, always had, always will. Her, her parents tithed, and, you know, she just, she grew up associating that tithe and God. And so the first couple of times we'd go to church together, this was even before we were married, first couple of times we went to church together, she, I, you know, she put the envelope in the basket. And, uh, you know, basket, of course, comes to me, and I just keep moving right, right along, right? So I didn't have any dollar bills on me that day. Um, and, and so once we got married and we started having conversation, you know, two checkbooks become one. And so we uh, started having the conversation about money, and, and it's like, well, how much are you putting in there? Just curious, 
you know, which she tells me, well, it's a tithe, 10%. And at the time, of course, I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm a spreadsheet guy. I'm, a, I'm an Excel wonk. I like columns. I like formulas. I like positive numbers, not negative. Negative is bad, always bad. So you want positive numbers in columns and rows. And what I learned through God speaking into my heart and my wife's example was that there's an association between God and money, but it's not money, it's your heart. And what I also learned is, as, as Pastor said, is, is where you put your treasures where your heart is. And, and so my wife taught me, and I, and I thank God that he softened my heart, right? New husband, you know, I'm the man, you know, and she has this, she's looking at me like, oh, Lord, I got to get this guy on track, you know? And, and there were times where, uh, there was a time where I forgot the tithe check, and we had some conversation after that service. But we, it, God really spoke to my heart and said, look, you know, you've got to know where you put your treasure is where your heart is. And, and my wife, you know, who was very sweet and very kind and very caring in terms of how she talked to me about this. And so we continued to tithe. We were a household of tithers. And I sat there, you know, week one, you know, you put the tithe in, you're like, all right, here we go, <laughs> you know. And it didn't happen. There wasn't a lightning bolt. There wasn't a million dollars. There wasn't, you know, this grand revelation. And I, you start to think after a little bit of time, you're like, well, hmm, this isn't working. And so you get into, back into the word, and you get into Malachi, and it says, test me, test me. I say, okay, God's challenging me. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to test him. And so we kept tithing and kept tithing. Now, when I moved to Atlanta, I took any job I could get my hands on um, because I just needed to work so that my father-in-law would allow me to marry his daughter. Um, but it wasn't a great job, right? It, 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 it just barely paid the rent. Well, four months after we got married and I, we were consistently tithing, the old company that I worked for in, in Manhattan called up and said, you know what, we want you to work in our Atlanta office. And that came with a, 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 a good raise, good opportunities. It's a fantastic company. And I said, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And so we continued to be blessed because we put ourselves in a position to be blessed. You trust God with your health. You trust God with your relationships. You've got to trust God with your finances as well. And it's not going to be easy because it wasn't all sunshines, rainbows, and unicorns after that, I can tell you. Because about eight years ago, we faced a financial crisis through a business that we had. And we were neck deep. It was not a good situation. And I had attorney bills, consulting bills, banks calling. It was not good. And that little devil sat on my shoulder and he said, well, you know, that tithe, I could go a long way to help moving other things along. But through God and the power of prayer and a loving wife, we just kept, kept tithing. And the one thing I forgot to tell first service, sorry, I'm taking like an hour here. 
Um, but Dale Gentry was here, and I was down on that front row, and he put his hands on me, and he said, everything you lost, you, God is going to give it back to you. And he did. He was faithful. I thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. You know, one thing he said that I loved, he said it has to make sense for him normally. I like he's a, a spreadsheet guy, he's a numbers guy. It has to it has to make sense. But you know, tithing doesn't make sense to a mathematician. How can you how can you deduct and see increase? But it, it defies math, it defies logic, but it is biblical, and, and it just, to me, it, it shows the heart of God, that God would want to take control over, but not so that he could take from you, but so that he could give to you.